Welcome to D.T. Kane's Epic Fantasy Book Club. I'm D.T. Kane, author of the epic fantasy series The Agersfar Saga and The Spoken Books Uprising. Each week, I read from one of my novels, discuss my writing process, answer your questions, and have general discussions about fantasy fiction. It's like a book club, except I do all the work for you. Find show notes, info about all my novels, and much more at dtkane.com. Here's the show. Chapter 31 The look on Deliritus's face nearly made up for all the madness Baz had put himself through for the Torchsire heir. He was at the far back of Aramir's cave when Baz and Rox entered. When they approached the mouth of it, Deliritus began shouting, You stay away, dragon! I've a sword, and I'll cut your tongue out if you even think of trying to eat me. Aramir huffed out a sigh. Perhaps it's best if only the two of you go in. Go in. Your friend didn't take well to waking up with you gone and me as his caretaker. His caretaker. Baz gave an exasperated sigh of his own. Leave it to Deliritus to be handed salvation and yet be totally ungrateful. Rox, though, wasted no time at all, stomping straight into the cave ahead of Baz toward the sounds of Deliritus's shouting. Stop right there, beast! I'll skewer you like a pig and— Rox, is that you? Yes, little Dell, Rox rumbled. Where have you been? And how did you get past the foul fiend guarding this cave? I've managed to hold it off so far, but who knows how long until it's back. It pretends to be friendly, but I see through its tricks. I thought I heard it just now. Where have you been? Baz came up behind rocks, considered Deliritus for a moment, and then burst out laughing. Bastion? What are you laughing at? Baz held up a hand to forestall further questions, nearly doubled over with hilarity. He could feel Deliritus's glare upon him, but Baz couldn't stop. Tears streaming down his face, Baz bent over with hands on knees, trying to get a hold of himself. He could barely breathe. Deliritus was as far back in the cave as he could go. He'd flipped several of the reading tables on end, creating a barricade between himself and the rest of the cave. He had his rapier drawn and still had a white bandage wrapped around his head. He looked like a young child playing a game of readers and cityless. Those tables will be quite the defense against that nasty dragon, Baz said, before falling into another fit of laughter. Rox made a sound deep at the back of his throat. As always, it was a bit ambiguous, but this time Baz knew what it meant, and it only made him laugh harder. Deliritus narrowed his eyes, hands on hips. I had limited resources, he said, indignant as a cat caught in a rainstorm. You would not be laughing if you'd seen the thing. Mad eyes, teeth as long as your arm. Seen it, Baz said. We've ridden on it. You've what? Baz wiped tears from his cheeks. 
Deliritus, how do you think you got here in the first place? Obviously, it captured me away from the two of you. Bass shook his head. Not quite. We made a deal with it, and it saved you. Didn't you notice your sudden, conspicuous lack of agonizing burns? And it's a he, not an it. His name's Aramir. Deliritus glanced down at his body. There remained some minor scarring on his arms, as well as up the sides of his neck. I thought that was just some terrible dream. You mean I actually rode in front of that dragon and was engulfed by its flames? Baz rolled his eyes. Of course, Deliritus would try to believe he hadn't actually jumped in front of a dragon to save Baz. Oh, murmured Deliritus. Well, I see my plan worked. You appear to still be in one piece. Thanks for your consideration, Baz said. Deliritus seemed to only be half listening, glancing over Baz's shoulder. But there's still the matter of that white dragon that lives here. Wait. Did you say you made a deal with it to save me? Baz rubbed at the bridge of his nose. Yes, and while you were apparently squandering the opportunity to have a nice rest in this comfy cave, Rox and I were hard at work. Baz set down the book pack and removed the book he'd wrangled away from Tessa. He looked at it for a moment, then tossed it to Deliritus. Of course, he nearly dropped it, his rapier clattering to the ground as he juggled the volume. What's this? Deliritus turned the book over in his hands as if he'd never seen one before, then looked back up to Baz. You mean you've... Been to Tome and back again, Baz finished. Deliritus looked back down to the book, mouth slightly ajar. He began thumbing through the pages and eventually stopped to scan over one. His cheeks reddened slightly, and he flipped the book shut, then looked back up. Well, we certainly don't have anything like it back in erstwhile. Yeah, Baz said. I had the same thought when I saw it. Could come in useful for some people back in erstwhile, don't you think? Deliritus shifted uncomfortably. Possibly, and it's certain to win me points with the table, anyway. They like unique books. But it's only as good as my competition. Any idea what Marla and Hellar got their hands on? Baz shared a quick look with rocks. They won't be returning. Deliritus narrowed his eyes. Bastion, you know the rules. You can't. I didn't kill anyone, Baz snapped. Marla killed Hellar, and Marla, well, let's say she ran into a surprise in an encampment of Cityless. Oh. Deliritus said, brightening considerably. In that case... His voice trailed off, and his eyes seemed to lose focus, as if looking far off into the distance. I won, he finally murmured. I've always dreamt of it, but I never really... I won! His eyes centered back onto Baz, then he shouted once more, I won! Baz shook his head and turned away. Yeah, you won but we still need to get back to erstwhile alive, or else that's not going to be worth much. He began to walk out of the cave, ready to be back on Aramir and returning to erstwhile as soon as possible. Thank you. Baz almost tripped over his own feet as he spun back around. What did you say? Deliritus was obviously using the book as an excuse to look at something other than Baz. 
I'm not so heartless as you wish to believe, Bastion. I know you didn't have to do this, and truth be told, I'm not certain why you did, but I won't forget it. Once again, Baz was left without a good answer, so he just stood there, trying not to drool as he looked at Deliritus in shock. Oh, leave off it, young Bastion, Deliritus finally said. If you expect me to say it again, I won't. Come on, we need to get out of here before that dragon returns. Baz shook himself out of his surprise, though he still couldn't believe what he'd just heard. Deliritus had actually treated him like a real person. Only for a moment, but there it had been. Why was he making it so hard to hate him? As compensation for the conflicted feelings Deliritus had caused him, Baz turned once more and walked from the cave, saying as he went, If you don't like Aramir, then you're really not going to like our plan for getting back to Erstwhile. What do you mean? Deliritus asked. When Baz didn't answer, he said, Rocks! What does Bastion mean? The harbor just rumbled. Outside the cave, Baz found Aramir only a short distance away. He was rotating in a circle just above the ground, his massive black dog bounding about below him, nipping at his mustaches. The book dragon seemed to be smiling. As Baz approached, the dog spotted him and loped over. Baz stiffened and prepared to run, but the mutt only sniffed his hand, then licked it before trotting back over to Aramir. Novel likes you, likes you breathed the book dragon in his ethereal way, the words floating on the wind into Baz's ears. He tends to be a good judge of character. Of character. Baz shook his head. I'm just trying to stay alive. Hmm, yes, replied Aramir. So are all living things. Living things but it is the way that they do so that defines character. Defines character. Was that true? Maybe, though even if it was, Baz still wasn't certain what it meant about his own character. We'll want to be going as soon as possible, Aramir. So eager are you to return to your oppressors? Your oppressors? So eager am I to return to safety, Baz replied. Aramir rolled in the air slowly until he was upside down, still looking at Baz. You won't be there for long if I judge right. Judge right. Baz huffed out a coarse laugh, finding that it didn't even surprise him that the book dragon somehow knew the agreement he'd made with Tessa. I don't suppose you have any advice regarding the location of the Declaimer's Transcendence. Still floating upside down, Aramir puffed out a breath, his mustaches curling like streamers. Only what I told the Lady Tessa. Lady Tessa. Great, Baz said. Can I assume at least that you're confident it's there? Of course, Aramir said. I brought it there. Prontvi Lextor asked me to. Me too. Baz's eyebrows rose in surprise. It's true, then? Tessa was coy about it, but she suggested the Enigma's actually still alive. Aramir's eyes seemed to lose a bit of their vibrancy. I don't know. 
It has been a very long time since I saw him. Saw him. He was quite old already for a man when I knew him, before the shelves fell. At least five hundred. Five hundred. Years? Baz exclaimed. Before Aramir could answer, Baz heard Deliritus and Rox approaching. He wanted to press further about the enigma, but he needed to know something else. Did you do that thing I asked of you before you left us at Tome? I did, Aramir said. No simple task, doing it unseen. But I was successful. Was successful. A gnawing anxiety Baz had nearly forgotten suddenly lifted, leaving him with no choice but to smile. Thanks, he said. I guess you're not half bad, Aramir. The book dragon surprised him with a laugh. It sounded like a choir singing thanks to the scribes, broadening Baz's smile. Of course, the moment was short-lived as Deliritus finally exited the cave and reached them. He had a slight limp, but he looked remarkably well considering the state he'd been in just a few days prior. Oh no, he announced, I am not riding on that thing. You're sworn to see I come to no harm, Rox. How could you even suggest this? The words mean what they mean, little Dell. Riding the Illumined One is far safer than re-traversing the Firelands. Not if we're eaten even before we start, Deliritus said. Aramir floated over to Deliritus, still upside down. Deliritus tried to backpedal away, but ran into rocks, who held him in place. A little hoarder of words, the book dragon said. You would be a very bitter meal indeed. I promise not to eat you. Eat you. Deliritus turned white, and Baz rolled his eyes. Come on, Rox, get Deliritus up there. Let's get going. Aramir righted himself and returned to the ground, landing right in front of Deliritus. I will. Rox grabbed Deliritus beneath the armpits and hoisted him onto the book dragon's back like a child. Deliritus did a fair impression of one, too, screaming out in protest. Rox climbed up after him, making sure Deliritus didn't jump off, and Baz followed after them, settling onto the book dragon's spine and finding a strand of white fur to grasp, though not too tight. He was finally getting used to traveling by air, it seemed. After some discussion, they decided it was best to have Aramir drop them off just outside Hamlet. Deliritus had suggested it would be difficult to explain why they hadn't appeared in Hamlet at all on their return journey. And while Baz was certain his real motivation was merely to get off Aramir as quickly as possible, he had to admit it also made sense. They still had plenty of time remaining for the two-month deadline, so the extra time it would take to walk from Hamlet back to Erstwhile didn't really matter, other than it meant spending even more time with Deliritus. Aramir had promised that their two remaining horses would be well cared for at his clearing. As soon as Aramir landed just out of sight of Hamlet's first houses, Deliritus practically dove back to the ground, then ran a good fifty paces from the book dragon before turning back to them. Sorry for his behavior, Illumined One, 
Rox said as he climbed down from Aramere's back. No matter, no matter, Aramere said. He has no love of me, nor I love of him, of him. Still, it has been an honor. Rox bowed to Aramere, then moved off to join Deliritus. Baz lingered for a moment. Usually, I'm a bit of an ass if I'm telling the truth, Aramere. But thanks again. We wouldn't have made it without you. Nor I without you, young orator. Young orator. We will meet again. In the meanwhile, be wary of the hoarder. The hoarder. I always am, Baz said. Always am. He gave Aramir a final pat on the back, then with a sigh, left him and headed toward rocks and deliritus. A whoosh of air was the only indication of the book dragon's departure. That, and a tinge of regret. Bloody burning books. Soon he'd be softer than Deliritus. Well, at least that's over, Deliritus said, smoothing wrinkles in his tunic that weren't there. His old clothes and cloak had been ruined, so he wore a simple white linen shirt that was too big for him, clearly something Aramir had had in storage at his cave. Let's get a room at the inn in Hamlet. I need a good bed after all this time sleeping on the ground. Deliritus turned and began to head in the direction of Hamlet, but then he stopped and turned back, a somber expression on his face. Bastion, you'll need to give up the hat now. He held out a hand. Baz glared in reply. Oh, come now. I can't be seen walking about with a speaker wearing a hat. It'd be almost as bad as being seen riding that... that thing. He waved toward where Aramir had flown off. Baz continued to glare, but finally, after giving the brim a final tug, he removed his hat and handed it to Rox. Think you can keep that safe for me, big man? Rox rumbled, taking the hat from Baz. What? Deliritus asked. Why would you have need to keep it? When would you ever have occasion to wear it? Let's go, little Dell. Let's go. Rox pushed Deliritus down the road, cutting off further conversation. Deliritus shot Baz a few accusatory looks, but ultimately let the matter drop. When they arrived at Hamlet, they went straight to the inn. Deliritus surprised Baz by renting him his own room for the night. It was the first time Baz had ever slept on a mattress, and he had to admit it would almost be worth never seeing Tax again if he could stay in that room for the rest of his life. Soft mattress? Clean sheets? His own fire? He slept like he'd never slept before, the weeks of built-up fatigue sending him into a dreamless slumber. They continued on toward erstwhile the next day without incident and made good progress, Deliritus asked surprisingly few questions about what they had done in Tome. Perhaps he didn't want the reminder that he hadn't personally gone there, or perhaps he didn't truly believe Baz's explanation of Hellar's and Marla's demises, and he was seeking to maintain plausible deniability. Whatever the reason, Baz was thankful for it, as there was virtually no truth he could afford to reveal to Deliritus of his time in the ruins. 
As the days moved on, however, Deliritus became more and more withdrawn, talking less and less and seeming to actively avoid Baz. Baz had worried this would happen, but tried to tell himself it was just in his head. Deliritus was just tired, that was it, exhausted and still recovering from his injuries. The Torchsire heir's surly demeanor stretched on for such a time that Baz almost had himself believing that. But finally, just a day out from erstwhile, Deliritus revealed the true reason for his ill-ease. Bastion, we need to talk about your reading. Hmm? Baz said, as if he hadn't heard. He continued walking at a leisurely pace, though his heart had begun banging against his sternum like a chained animal. Come now, Bastion. Deliritus stopped, which meant Rox stopped, which forced Baz to stop as well, or else keep walking on alone down the great road. You know we can't ignore it any longer, Deliritus said. Baz let out a long breath and looked at Rox. As always, the harbor was difficult to read through his face mask, but he seemed to be eyeing the Lyritus with trepidation. Great, if the big man had cause to be nervous. What exactly about my reading would you like to talk about? How it saved you from Marla and Hellar? Or perhaps we should discuss how I spoke the spell that kept you from being incinerated by the fire breather? Or maybe the multiple incredible ways I nearly got myself killed going to Tome in your place. Deliritus at least had shame enough to redden as Baz spoke. I don't deny any of the help you supplied me, but laws are laws. Baz shook his head. He wasn't surprised, but he'd permitted himself to hope that Deliritus might continue to show the sort of humanity of which Baz had seen glimmers over the past month. But it seemed Deliritus really was just the self-absorbed status-seeker Baz had always thought him to be. What an idiot he was for ever thinking Deliritus would prove to be anything else. You made a promise, Baz said quietly, a last-ditch effort to permit Deliritus to redeem himself Huh, a promise, the lyritus said, though his eyes suggested he didn't hold nearly as much disdain at the thought as he attempted to project with his tone of voice. I was in an impossible situation, Bastion. You can't expect me to stick to the letter of that oath. You were in an impossible situation. Do you have any idea what it took for me to agree to help you? After what you did to my brother? Deliritus was stunned into silence for several moments, casting his eyes down to the ground. But then he pursed his lips and took a step closer to Baz. I am your reader, Bastion, and you won't speak to me in such a manner. In recognition of what you've done on this journey, I'll try to convince Father that blinding is sufficient. And maybe one day we'll be able to reverse it if you show sufficient reformation. That book you found, that's not what that book is for, Baz snapped. It's to cure your past wrongs, Deliritus, not remedy future ones. Enough. This isn't a debate. Rox, make it quick, please. The harbor's eyes were bleak as they turned from Deliritus to look at Baz. Don't make me remind you of your oath, Rox, Deliritus said, voice quavering. You know the consequences I could suffer if I conceal a cuss. 
execution would be the best fate I could hope for. I need no reminding, Rox growled, not taking his eyes off Baz. Baz held his breath, waiting to see what the harbor would do. They'd been through a lot, and even more so than Deliritus, Rox had shown he possessed some measure of a soul, a soul Baz could no longer say he despised. But once again, hope died as Rox took a step toward him. Deliritus hadn't been much of a surprise, but he'd thought Rox... No matter. It'll be a shame when all of Erstwhile discovers it wasn't you who completed the trials, Deliritus, but your slave. <laughs> Deliritus let out a bitter laugh. How petty of you. You actually think anyone will believe it if you try to spread such a rumor? Believe me? Baz said. No, probably not. But I bet they'd believe a conservator. Deliritus's brows dropped like a pair of stones from a tall building. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Aramir took a quick trip to Erstwhile at my request and spoke with Liana while Rox and I were busy at Tome. Spoke with? Deliritus swallowed. Rox's face suddenly brightened considerably, tension noticeably easing in the giant man's shoulders. Just a quick conversation, I think, but enough to get the salient facts across. Deliritus paled. I'll tell her you can read. She won't support you then. Baz paused. Was that true? Probably. Liana was friendly enough to tax in the other retirees, but she treated them like sinners who were paying their penance. Likely, she would be horrified if she discovered Baz's secret. It seemed the disappointing realizations were just coming by the shovelful today. You could do that, I guess, Baz said. But you think that will keep her from revealing the truth she knows of the trials? Deliritus's mouth set into a firm line and didn't move. Apparently, he had nothing to say to that. So let me propose a new agreement, Baz continued. I don't tell that you weren't the one who completed the trials, and you keep my reading a secret and eyes intact. How's that sound? What's to stop Liana from just telling? Deliritus asked. His face had dropped into a pout. Baz almost felt sorry for him. Almost. I'll ask her not to. That's a thin assurance, Bastion. Baz shrugged. That's what I've got. Even if no one knows I can read, exposing the disgrace I caused you would jeopardize my health. I don't think she'd risk that. Baz hoped not. That was the chance he was taking with this plan. But if he had to depend on anyone, he'd rather it be Liana than Deliritus or Rox. Fine. Deliritus said, but don't think I'm going to forget this. You'll be returning to the same dull, useless life you had before all this. You won't be permitted within a hundred yards of a spoken book for the rest of your days. Bass turned away from Deliritus and continued down the road. Just keep your end of the deal, he said, not looking back. Deliritus had said he wouldn't forget what Baz had done for him, but apparently the Torchsire heir's memory was shorter than even Baz could have imagined. The rest of the journey was like a winter in the icy heights. Deliritus's glare was constantly on Baz. He tried to ignore it, 
but its omnipresence hung over Baz like a stubborn rain cloud. If the return trip had been longer than the day it turned out to be, one of them likely would have attempted to strangle the other. But as they crested a rise, the afternoon following Baz's blackmail of Deliritus, the tall walls of erstwhile came into sight. Soon thereafter, a trumpet blast from the ramparts announced their presence, and before they'd even reached the outer gates, a procession rode out to greet them. It was headed by the same conservator who'd spoken at the opening ceremony, his white robe flowing about his heels as he spurred his horse on. Behind him were three others, Duke Octavenal, as well as Duke Xavier and Duchess Colnar. They also had a spare horse with them. The group pulled up in front of them, forcing them to stop. Deliritus, Duke Octavenal said, his reins held awkwardly in his deformed hands. He looked surprised. Back with more than three weeks to spare, he narrowed his eyes. You didn't turn back before reaching Tome, did you? The pride on Deliritus's face faltered at his father's comment, though he quickly recovered. Deliritus had had years of experience dealing with his father's lack of faith. Not at all, father. I've completed the trials and brought back with me glory for our library. Rocks? Rocks, of course, had been re-granted custody over the book pack. The harbor slung it off his back now and handed it over to Deliritus, who removed the book Baz had acquired and handed it to his father. The duke looked at it for several moments, the look of sour disappointment on his face twisting into a sly smile. A book that cures blindness, he said. I've never seen such a thing. Have you, Xavier? Colmar? The duke turned in his saddle to look at his two contemporaries. No, Duke Xavier conceded through clenched teeth. Duchess Colnar held up her nose, ignoring Duke Octavenal's question entirely and turning a disdainful glare upon Deliritus. Where is Marla? she asked. Yes, said Duke Xavier quickly. And my boy, Hellar, what of him? Baz had to admit that Deliritus played it smooth. The Torchsire heir merely shrugged. I haven't seen them. We went our own ways before Hamlet. After that, I never saw Marla and Hellar only once. I can at least tell you, Duke Xavier, that he was well when last I saw him. Duke Xavier grunted in reply. The Duchess's stare could have melted steel. You've done well, my boy, Duke Octavenal said. Come, mount up. He indicated the spare horse, and Deliritus lifted himself into its saddle. The duke moved his horse up beside Deliritus and put an arm around him. Don't let these two get you down. They're just sore because they understand the quality of what you've found. An entirely new book. You've done well. Come, let us celebrate. They trotted away together. Deliritus gave Baz a wary look before looking back to his father with a wide smile. Duke Xavier and Duchess Colnar followed behind reluctantly, along with the conservator. Baz and Rox might as well not have existed for all the attention they were given. Once the group was out of earshot, Rox attempted to speak. Baz, Rox said, I would like... My name's Bastion, Rox. Baz walked away from the harbor, 
toward the gates. The harbor rumbled at the back of his throat, but said nothing more. Somehow, Baz found that disappointed him. But no matter. He didn't need the harbor. He didn't need anyone. Thanks for listening to D.T. Kane's Epic Fantasy Book Club. If you liked today's episode, please consider rating and reviewing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up if you liked it and hit that subscribe button and the bell so you get notified whenever new episodes become available. If you'd like to listen to back episodes or review the show notes, visit dtkane.com slash podcast. DT Kane's novels are available for purchase at most major online retailers, or you can purchase directly from his website at www.dtkane.com slash books. You can receive a free short story and sign up for DT Kane's mailing list at dtkane.com slash email dash sign up. If you'd like to connect, you can find DT Kane on Facebook at DT Kane Author or Twitter at DT Kane Author, or send DT Kane an email at DT Kane at DT Kane.com. See you next week.